Welcome to episode 3 of the Planet K2 Performance Fix podcast. This month we are focusing on the theme of performance coaching and I'm joined by one of our human performance experts, Jim Constable. Hi Jim, how are you? I'm very well, thank you Adam. Yeah, nice to be talking to you. Yes, it's uh, it's going to be an exciting podcast and I thought I would start us off, I just thought it'd be good if you could introduce yourself to everyone um, just so they can get a bit of background um, and just learn a bit more about you. Thanks. Yep, that, that's fine. Uh, well, uh, my name's Jim Constable. I've been a human performance expert or performance coach with Planet K2 for seven or eight years now. Absolutely love what we do. I love the coaching element of our role, uh, helping people to get better, be that uh, individuals or teams. Uh, I've been doing various roles along those lines previously. Um but now focusing on it full time is never boring because everybody's different. Everybody has unique challenges, and uh, it's it, it's a great field to be working in. Awesome, brilliant! And I, I just wanted to you know start us off um, with the first question. I was interested to know you know what useful approach um, do we have to performance coaching, and, and why is it um, useful for us and the people we share it with? I think first and foremost is that that it's performance coaching. So. You know, people will talk about coaching in lots of different um, contexts and lots of different types of coaching, executive coaching, um, life coaching. Performance coaching is, by definition, all about performance. So it's about helping people to get better. So get better at what they do, at what they ta- at a task, um, get better at any aspect of their performance. Uh, so because we're always focusing in on that, I think our conversations that we have with people have um, a, a, a pragmatic element to them um, in that they're helping people to get ready to do something. As I say, be that a discrete task or be that their ongoing day-to-day performance in their role. So we're helping people to get ready and, and get better. So it's the it's the performance piece. And because we, we, we talk about performance being what you do to get the results that you're after it means that our performance conversations are not those which are often just about explaining the results that you've got and how you've got them they're more focused on how you've got them and, and then what you're going to do next to get the results that you're after from then on so i guess that's how i summarize it adam and in relation to to sessions that you might have one to one, is there a structure that that you have in place that you work with people one to one, or or is it just you know more free flow? I'm just interested for sort of people who are listening to see whether that's something you know you use or have in place. I think we we do have a, a very much a, a simple process that we use, which um, would would involve helping people to be really clear on what it is that they're trying to achieve, what they're aiming for, what success looks like for them. So a really clear uh, picture of success. Um, I think uh, something that we're really keen on doing at uh, Planet K2, and, and, we, and we do do, and I don't know how much this differentiates for some other people, but we're really clear that performers have a really good understanding of kind of the environment and the conditions in which they are performing and doing what they do because that's part of the challenge and there's no point having a a, a clear aim of what you're trying to achieve without a recognition that the conditions in which you're going to do it have a major impact on your ability to get there so we're very keen to help people understand the conditions in which they're working in and then have a proactive and pragmatic approach to dealing with those as far as they can or simply accepting the conditions that they can't control so that 
they've got a real clear sense of this is what I need to do and, and, and the, the, the overall scale and magnitude of what that looks like. And only then start thinking about well, what have I already got in place? What, what, what do I already have that will enable me to um, uh, feel confident and ready that I can move towards achieving these things? And then is there anything else that I need to build and get better at and improve in order to give myself a greater chance of achieving that success? So I think those sort of four stages, be really clear on what success looks like, really clear on understanding the conditions in which you're trying to achieve that success, really good understanding of yourself and the resources and capabilities that you already have, and then uh, uh, working on the bits that that you haven't got already that you want to supplement that with. Um, and, and it sounds like from there that it works towards a bit of a strength approach in a sense that people should be working towards that. Um, does, is that right? Uh, yeah, I think so. That, 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 you know, that, that piece that says, what have you already got? I think there's an assumption there that people have a, uh, an understanding initially of what, what, their, what their foundations are, you know, what their, what their natural, natural strengths are, what are the things that they may have worked on to make turn into strength so um a, a self-awareness uh, uh and an acceptance of this is who i am this is what i'm like this is what i bring how well can i in the first place use all those things in order to achieve what i want to achieve um you know most people in organizations have been recruited into a role because somebody believes or some people believe they already have many of the attributes that they need in order to be successful so in the first place we want to get people playing to those those things uh, and then thinking about well what else can we do to either make those strengths stronger or make sure they're actually used before we start thinking about working on uh, areas of weakness and areas of, of pure development and I was going to mention that about weakness. Do you often find working people that they're able to identify more often their weaknesses rather than their strengths? Definitely, definitely. I, 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 I couldn't say I hundred percent know and understand why that is. But if you ask somebody to list their strengths and list their weaknesses, they'll probably have a go at both. But they're, they're, I think there are many performance conversations that start with, "This is this is your job. This is what you're not very good at. This is what we'll." Uh, um, seek to improve and it starts off with weaknesses and it has a, a double whammy negative effect one one is that um, it means you're not working on your strengths and secondly for some people it uh, can have a negative effect as far as confidence is concerned if you're always talking about those things that you're not good at that there's absolutely a place for that mm. but you know you want to be using what you've got in the first place first okay brilliant and yeah, I'm interested. If people do performance coaching, you know, things anyway, what's some of the ways in which, you know, the stuff that's already being used can be added um, so that more value is achieved in these conversations? So I think there's a, there's a number of things. If you take those, those different elements that I talked about um, in terms of sort of structure, if you and I are talking about something, Adam, let's say something that you've got going on in your work and we, we're just chatting away about it, I think at any point, if I start introducing some of those segments, it can make the conversation suddenly much more useful. So if at some point I said, well, Adam, what is it exactly that you're trying to achieve here? That might help you give some clarity to your thinking um, that enables you to plan better. If at any point in a conversation I'm starting to think about the, the, the conditions in which you are trying to achieve this thing, so I might ask you, well, what else have you got going on? How, how big a priority is this for you uh, right now? 
Um, how are you, how are you sort of feeling about everything else that's happening? Um, how what what's the scale of the of this particular thing relative to other things that are going on? What else have you got going on this week? That will suddenly give you a bit more help as well. Mm. Then if I start to ask you about um, what's already giving you confidence that you can be successful here, what what things if you just started straight away would would, would help you? Um, that might move the conversation forward as well, and then. A big thing at the end is rather than our conversation just tailing away and me saying, well, anyway, Adam, that was interesting, but i got to go. Mm. I think for me to simply ask you, so what are you going to do, Adam? Or at least what options have you got? And then what are you going to do? Mm. Or what are you considering doing next? Um, uh, you know, what have you taken away from that conversation? So we, in some shape or form, we wrap it up mm. uh, so that you're clear on what you're going to do next. That will have moved the conversation forward and moved hopefully your performance forward with it. So in, in essence of an action plan that they're going to use? Uh, yeah, yeah, clear actions at the, at the end of it uh, are really useful. I mean, even if that clear action is, I'm going to go away and think about this, I mean, ideally, if you're moving towards something even more concrete that you can go away and do with confidence, then that will um, uh, finish the, the conversation up nicely. And that wouldn't, I mean, that, and all of that doesn't need to take very long. Hmm. You know, if you would like to have a conversation where I ask you what trying to achieve what else is going on with you um what what gives you confidence that you can be successful here what else do you need to go away and do you know that conversation could take two minutes and be really useful for you mm. yeah and are, are these performance conversations you know can they be happening every day or is it you know do you think do you think people see them as i've got to structure them in um what are your thoughts on that uh largely i think people feel they need to be structured in because people as we know are so busy that that they they don't always feel they've got the time to stop and talk. The reality is many people are talking all the time, and therefore, and many people are playing a a, a role where they're they're part of a conversation where they could be more helpful to one another by bringing in some of these coaching elements. Mm-hmm. So, but I think largely people are thinking about coaching as right. We need to go and the two of us, let's go and find a space or go and sit in a room and we'll talk about this particular thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm not, I'm not to certain those conversations happen a great deal. I think they're more, more often than not, they're more of a sort of manager and employee conversation where the manager is the one who's doing all the driving, talking about this is what you need to achieve. These are the things that I need to get you better at. Um, rather than it's to say two people working on one person's performance. Mm. And you mentioned a few times about the demands that, that sort of people are under. Do you do you often just focus on their sort of their work demands, or also taking into account different things that are going on within their personal life? Very much the latter. I think as far as um, uh, the latter is is relevant, and, and often it is. So certainly, you know, with the people that I'm working with, and uh, I'll, I'll say up front, you know, that our, our scope here is anything that's impacting your performance at work. Um, you know, we we know um, that things like uh, uh, your, your 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 energy will impact how you perform. Things outside of work start to impact on your your whole attitude and mindset. Um, so. Outside of work is is really relevant as far as inside of work performance is concerned. Some people will will very deliberately try and divorce the two, and that might work for them as a strategy. But um, yeah, I think it's a sort of very human, whole person approach, mm. but still coming back to the performance piece. 
Mm. Okay, brilliant. Uh, I'm interested to know, we have a question focused around sort of the, the term, you know, being coachable. And it's often talked about as a, as a value, valuable quality. Um, you know, what helps people take advantage of having a coach or being in an environment where coaching conversations take place a lot? Um, I think the answer to that is that they want to get better. Being, being ready to be coached and being coachable is I, I want to get better at something. Um, th- there are many different reasons why someone would want to get better. It could be because they just have a strong and innate desire to master something that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be because they want to compete and outperform somebody else. It could be because a manager has said, um, you need to get better at this thing or otherwise there's going to be trouble. Whatever the most, and there are different qualities of motivation in there, but ultimately someone needs to want to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're, they're then driving themselves with the coach. In some cases, they're driving the coach. You know, they're, they're saying to the coach, come on, coach, I need to be better. Help, help me to do this. I need you to help me in these ways. Um, so they've got to, they've got to, what else in terms of being coachable? Yeah, probably a proactive approach around that. Mm. Um, so will it, a willingness to do things and try things. Um, so there's nothing, I think there's nothing more, uh, personally, I find, um, deflating where, where, where you, uh, you, you, you're working with someone who says, actually, I haven't had time to do anything or I haven't done anything. Um, and it's because they, really back to a sort of attitude and a priority thing that they've not done something. So um, they want to get better. They're driving themselves a proactive approach and, uh, and a willingness to focus on the things they can control rather than, you know, continually being hung up or using excuses, things that um, are outside of your control. Mm. So I think uh, probably that, that springs to mind as well. So if you've got all those things, you've got the raw, raw materials to improve. They're, There'd be other things on top of that, you know, willingness to listen, um, willingness to experiment and innovate and try things. So, you know, all the willingness to learn, but uh, they'd be the fundamentals for me. And sort of this sort of, well, you've answered sort of the next question, which is, you know, what can people do to make sure um, they're ready to be coached? And, you know, you've mentioned a lot about sort of the willingness. Do you often find that people struggle in a sense that you know they're, they're afraid to maybe push themselves out of their comfort zone or, or try something a bit different um by and large i think people want to get better uh i think it's it's it, it's quite a sort of natural thing to want to improve at something either either because you want to be uh, as good as or better than somebody else or because you just uh, are driven to improve the, the, what you do. Um, I think there are some particular reasons why that might not be the case sometimes. So someone who's fearful that if they if they start performing at a higher standard, someone else is now going to be on their backs and holding them to that to, to, to perform at that standard all the time. Mm. Um, but there are other reasons as well. There are sometimes reasons why people really don't want to get better. Um, and therefore, those people—they're very real. But by and large, I think people people do want to improve. Um, sometimes they may have just been in a sort of peer group where it's been cool not to improve or not to work what you want to do. But but normally in a, in a work environment, no, I think people I think people do. And frequently, 
um, I think we get the feedback from people that say that you know we, it's interesting that we, we're working with you. But one of the things that's come out of this is uh, it prompted us to do a load of things that we would have wanted to have done anyway. Um, uh, but simply, you know, working with a coach has just helped me to, or, or us to have the focus to do those things that we wanted to do anyway. Mm. And you know, I, I just wanted to explore. So we had an, an, another question. Um, you know, if sort of well. You've done sort of other roles in the past. You know, you've mentioned you're working insurance companies and leading other people. If you were back in one of those roles now, knowing what you already know and, and having coached for so many years, what kind of questions would you ask a colleague or leader um, that you think would add value to the folks on your team? Uh, that's another good question. Um, I think there's an interesting dynamic in business. So many businesses and organisations, the coach is the manager. Um and therefore, the, the, the responsibility for the performance improvement um, often sits with the manager. And, and the manager does a lot of things that it's almost um, taking away the responsibility for, de- for development and performance improvement from the team or the individual. So I would be um, very much asking people, hang on, who, who, who's the person who wants to get better here? Is it, is it me wanting you to get better or me wanting us to get better or, or or is it you wanting to get better? So I think the encouragement and the recognition around personal accountability, what are you doing to make yourself better and, and, and the team better, um, would be something that I'd be very much encouraging. So I'd about sort of asking a question. I'd certainly be trying to be clear about roles and who's doing what. Um, so that that's the first thing that springs to mind. I think you do get people in organisations who are – um, almost a review of saying, well, I'm here, now develop me. Or, or I'm here and performance improvement and improvement of what we do is not my responsibility, it's yours because you're the boss. Um, and I don't think that's helpful. I um, don't think that's helpful. I think the other thing is uh, a recognition that um, performance improvement can come from many different places. So clearly there can be a focus on technical knowledge and, and, and skills and they are really, really important and they are basics for many people of being successful in their role and delivering the results they want. Um, however, there are many things that are also very, very important and very material as well as the knowledge and skills, things that we've touched on like energy or feeling like supported by other people or your attitude and mindset or confidence um, all these things make a, a massive difference to the to the degree in which you're able to bring your technical and tactical skills to the fore. So I think it would be a um, I'd be asking questions about some of the broader things that again people when they pause to think about it people know are hugely hugely uh, uh, effective here, but they don't always focus on because um, well for whatever reason. For whatever reason, I'm uncomfortable talking about those areas, perhaps. And you've mentioned about sort of around people, you know, wanting to get better. Do you often find that that sort of occurs more when there's there's a problem, or, or do you find that there are people who, you know, do strive for that constantly? You know, I'm, I'm interested in this sort of dynamic between you have lots of people that want something goes wrong, <clears throat> then they'll go and seek out sort of help or, or might want sort of more coaching. And you know, what sort of your or your view on that? Um, my view is partly from having worked in K2 for, for many years now uh, and 
most of the customers, the vast majority of the customers that we work with, so as an organization and as teams and as individuals, are largely successful organizations that want to get better. Mm-hmm. So, so predominantly we're working with people who want to improve and want to be coached and uh, and, are, and are therefore uh, very willing to be working on things in that respect. Occasionally, we'll come up with, with we'll, we'll be working with individuals who, who are not of that mindset or we're working with whole teams who are not of that mindset. Um, and I think that's just a, a different challenge and a different starting place. And I think, you know, our, our, our same process of asking, well, what are you trying to achieve and what else is going on mm. um, works well. But uh, I think as well, the coach being clear that, you know, I'm not uh, – I'm not going to do some things to you here. This is I'm I'm highly motivated to be a successful coach, but I, I can't provide the motivation for you. That that's got to come from you. Mm. Uh, that attitude would would help a lot as well. But uh, I don't, does that answer the question that you asked? It, it does answer the question, and I guess that also relates to that the the team culture that is um, that is developed at the different places that you've worked. Yep. Yep, culture's uh, mentally important, and where you've got you know teams and cultures that are recognising that um, because they are in usually competitive industries, they're, they're going to need to improve to continue to be successful, um, either against the competition or just for themselves for what they want to achieve. So uh, cultures that are about um, about improvement and about uh, uh, innovation, and, and alongside that, therefore, a recognition that uh, if I'm going to work here. Um, having having usually qualified to be here, uh, I'm, I accept that I'm going to have to grow. I'm going to have to continue to improve, and I will benefit personally as a result of that. The organisation will benefit, and as part of that, I expect to be sort of challenged along the way. So, you know, cultures where you've got that going on are, are clearly highly receptive to the idea of, of performance coaching, um, and, and very welcoming of it uh, because it's. Uh, it, 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 I mean, it's not the only way to improve. Uh, I think those of us who probably work in coaching can be guilty sometimes of thinking, well, we can fix that problem by coaching somebody or coaching a team. It's not the only way, but it's a, it's, it's a very effective way um, of helping people to, to improve in what they do. Okay, well, uh, Jim, I, I think we've, we've come to sort of the, the end of the podcast and, you know, it's been, it's been a great podcast. It's been really interesting to learn about you know, coaching, performance coaching, self conversations, and I'm sure there's lots of sort of practical sort of things that people can take away, especially the questions that you were sort of demonstrating and talking to me about. And just wanted to sort of see, you know, if people want to learn a bit more about this stuff, you know, where would you suggest they go, or even if they want to get in contact with, with you or, or K2, what's the best way of doing that? Um, well, first of all, I can't believe the time has flown. I don't know how long we've, we've taken there, Adam, but I've, I've enjoyed talking to you. Um, People can contact us by by any any method at all, be that um, you know your social media, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Um, those of us who work in coaching roles in the business are um, you know pretty passionate about what we do and, and very happy to talk to talk to anyone at any time. Um, the Performance Room website um, that people can uh, uh, sign up to if they're not already on there. All uh, has uh, a couple of kit bags that are focused on coaching, including being ready to be coached. Um, and at the bottom of most pages on the performance room, there's the opportunity to ask an expert. So type your particular question in there. Um, 
uh, and we like answering those. So if you had a question that said, uh, you know, I'm, 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 a, I'm a manager or coach in a business, this is the scenario and I'm after some ideas, um, uh, we, we love uh, uh, talking about those and getting a reply back to people. So, um, yeah, people can be in touch and the Performance Room is a great resource. Awesome. I was going to say, what is your do you, what is your Twitter handle in case people want to follow you? As, as we know, things are becoming so social at the moment. Uh, I'm uh, at Constable Jim. Brilliant. That's at very Constable simple. Uh, yeah, I'd love to hear from anybody. Awesome. Brilliant. Well, again, listen, Jim, thank you very much for your time. It's uh, It's been a pleasure. Um, and thank you to everyone um, for listening. That's your performance fix. We'll see you next time.